something every year and sermon series right now that we uh, took off with last week entitled starstruck and we determined last week that the wise men were at least wise enough to be starstruck of the accounts of the birth of the king of Jews can you imagine the stories they told when they returned home and how impressed they was by the ability for God to speak to them as individuals and corporately together and when they saw Christ the Son of God and Joseph and Mary and it's a cheap iPad. She says my batteries is dying, but I feel like I'm full of energy today. Coffee will get us ready and prepared always. And Todd got me addicted to Thrive pills as well, and I took that this morning too, so I'm still good. If we don't take it, we run out of power pretty quick. But these wise men traveling back and wasn't like in today's culture in today's times where that they were jumping on a jet airliner and traveling back home in the speed and the rush of time the way we are as a society today it was a slow process to get back to their home country from the place that they had taken off from and I can imagine the stories along the road as they were traveling and the people they come into contact with and a lot of times we look at the Christmas story and we only look at it through the lens of what we've experienced so far and the stories and the Christmas plays and the reading of Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2. And I think sometimes we get tripped up into only seeing it from that lens. But if we would slow down for a minute and really think about the process of these wise men traveling As we said last week, most likely from Iran or southern Iraq or Yemen, somewhere thereabout, according to most historians or theologians believe that's where they was from. And some estimate it would take months and months and months 
to make that journey. But in our culture that we're living in today, I believe we want things instantaneous, and I believe we want things right now. And I believe we're in too much of a hurry. Amen? So during this Christmas season, I'm hoping that we can slow down and think through the process of what is happening in our lives as we go through this season. But these wise men traveling back home and taking that journey, I'm sure they stopped alongside some of these cities that they were to go through. And when we first are impacted by Jesus in our lives, it's really easy to talk about it. It's really easy to be inspired and enthused and pretty much tell it to everybody we come into contact with. I know it was that way for me. And I'm sure that many that's been saved for some time can attest to that same thing, that it was easy to speak about Jesus often in your interaction with others. But the longer we go on, the newness wears off. And it seems a little bit harder to talk about it because there's other things going on. But during this Christmas season, I hope and pray that we as a church are able to impact our community and our families and being bold in our witness that Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God was born in Bethlehem, amen, and become excited and enthused about that again so that we can speak clearly and effectively and that they would have ears to hear what we're talking about. But these wise men, I just think about that journey and them returning home and how, how enthused they must have been in that early witness of Jesus and knowing that they had saw the king of the Jews, that they had witnessed this young man being reared by parents. And just in maze that the star had led them to him and how inspiring that must have been. And as we looked last week about how that Psalms 19 that says that the heavens declare the handiwork of God or the works that he is performing amongst us. And sometimes we need to look up because scripture tells us that we need to look to the hills from whence cometh our help. And I don't know about you, but I need some help, amen, in my life. I need God to come when I have needs or when I have troubles or when I have issues and I desire that he comes and takes up my case for me so that I am not in this battle alone. These wise men were wise enough to see that and I can just imagine their anticipation level as they were approaching when they had left Herod and they knew that these uh, 
Jewish leaders come and told them that he would be in Bethlehem was where you could go find him. And as they were traveling along that way, the anticipation level was extremely high, I believe. And I just wonder in our lives how, how much anticipation do we have each Christmas season to experience God in a new and tangible way. That I'm looking to experience him. Amen. That I could feel him, that I could sense that he is near me. Because they said his name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And I don't know about you, but I need God with me. Because I remember the life that I used to live when I was uh, far away from him and far removed from him, that he wasn't with me in the midst of that because I wouldn't invite him to be with me. I believe he still gave angels charge over me. I believe he would still watch over me. But if he's not invited, he will not invade your space. He's near you, yes. But how close do you want him to be? He's a gentleman. He will come running when you ask him, come into this situation. So whatever you're facing today in this place, know this, that God wants to dwell amongst us. So much so that he sent his son, Jesus, to live on this earth in an earthly body. So that he would know what it's like to be human. The Bible says that he was tested. The devil tried to tempt him to abandon his mission to do something else. And in that same way, the enemy of our souls will tempt us to abandon the mission that Jesus has set us on. This baby in a manger had a future. This baby in a manger had a purpose. This baby in a manger was about to change the world forever. So I'm just asking you in this place today, what is your anticipation level? So won't you look over at your neighbor and smile at him real big and give him some Christmas cheer and say what is your anticipation level and now we'll play RN nurses and say on a scale of 1 to 10 right Danny You're, a 1 is this much and a 10 is this much so ask them what's your anticipation level on a scale of 1 to 10 1 being I'm just trying to get through the season to 10 as I'm enthused so much that I can't keep my mouth shut about Jesus. Is there any 10s in the house here today? Amen. We need to get to that level if we're not there yet. But one thing beautiful that I see as I think about this, that God reach out and he didn't just hold the birth of his son to just a secret little group of people in a cherry picking way to say only these few will know about the birth of my son he reached out outside of the borders of Jerusalem outside the borders of Israel and from far away God was directing people to know that his son was coming to this planet 
Jesus' birth was not a secret. People from far and wide knew about this because God spoke in ways and sometimes different ways than even they expected. So to astrologers, he would speak to them through a star. And he would call them to this place where Jesus was by the direction of that star. And we know through the accounts in Matthew and Luke that these two Gospels were written by two different people from two different backgrounds, one being a doctor, one being a tax collector. These are different folks. And their accounts, you have to read both of them and gel them together to get the story and piece it together to see what is going on. Paul told Timothy to rightly divide the word of truth. Study to show ourselves approved, right? He told us to study that and rightly divide the word of God. So sometimes you might have to take this section out of Luke chapter 2 and insert it at this point in Matthew chapter 1 to see the whole picture of what God was doing in the early days of his son. And we see different individuals. We know that there's Simeon, and we know that there's Anna, and we know that there is shepherds, and we know that there's wise men, and we know that there are these individuals, that there's Herod. We know and understand that the Jewish leaders had to come and describe where the Messiah would be born. We are uh, arranged in this uh, a portion of Scripture and knowing that there's multiple people that's aware of what is happening. So I want to read this one portion here for us today in Luke chapter 2, verses 15 through 20. So this past Wednesday we went downtown and we traveled through Vanceburg and it's kind of a beautiful experience that all the churches got together downtown to show a unified spirit to the people of Lewis County that churches are not divided but we're united in purpose that Jesus is the Lord of all churches. Amen? So it doesn't matter the name over the door. And it's a beautiful experience. If you've never done that, I encourage you to do so. But the best part was we were standing out on the courthouse steps and uh, listening to some singing, and Brother Tom was giving a message, and they read through the account of Luke. And he's standing there, and he, he's praying, Brother Tom, and and he, he's praying and he thanks God for the good weather that he provided. So the singer goes back up to play the song before we're to travel to the Methodist church. And as he gets his guitar out and he takes about two strums and the rain starts falling. 40 degree weather and rain. People standing outside. There's about, I don't know, probably 75 people there, thereabout. And. Everybody, you watch them, they're thinking, I can tough through this. And they start holding their coats over their head. And some people have brought umbrellas in preparation, um, maybe knowing it was going to happen. And the longer it rained and the harder it rained, everybody took off running. 
and headed toward the Methodist church because they knew that was the next stop. And we got inside the Methodist church and Brother Bob, the minister there, the pastor of the Methodist church, he had assembled a, a video, video presentation and different things that he was going to uh, spell out during his talk, his section of Luke. And when you know it, that a situation would arise and his tech person didn't show up and he couldn't get the videos to play and he went ahead and read his scripture anyhow and talked about it and then finally the tech person got there and the video still wouldn't play. It was unforeseen, right? So we leave there and we go over to the Baptist church there behind the courthouse and beside the jail. And uh, Baptist church, their choir sang beautifully and you could feel the presence of God and individuals coming in late. Not mentioning any names or anything. But she was over there setting up the soup for the Bridge Church's presentation. She was working. There's Martha and there's Mary in every situation. For those of you that study scripture will know what I'm saying. I'm Martha and you're the Mary. I'm definitely Mary. It's my aunt. I love you, Aunt Mary. And as we leave there, we head down the street and we go to the Christian church and sit in there and it's a different kind of arrangement. They've got these bells and they go to playing bells and some of the songs and singing and we listen to the remainder of the scripture and as I'm sitting there I'm thinking about how blessed those churches are to have a building downtown and a place to worship God and they're beautiful and the architecture and if you've never walked in any of those buildings I encourage you to do so because it, it's just beautiful the attention to detail that was placed in those buildings by those people that built those some of them a hundred plus years ago and it's just amazing how much they cared but as I'm sitting there in the Christian church I begin to think about you know we're the bridge and I still get butterflies every time I have to speak every time I it never goes away I don't believe never comfortable and I never want to be because this is a sacred task of giving the Word of God it's the bread of heaven that I'm giving you today and I never want to take that lightly but as I was sitting there, I began to think about how much we at the bridge are about the mission of Jesus. And as I was sitting there and I was thinking, man, it was raining a while ago and it was raining when we walked in between here. And now they're going to walk over to Carter House and they're going to give them some cookies and hot cocoa. And, and, I went, and I started watching my phone and the weather app. And, you know, there's this big green blob coming towards us. And I'm there like, oh, no. <laughs> The bridge is outside under a little hut that we got some soup underneath of. We got our speaker system set up, and I'm thinking, God, just let the rain hold off, right? Just let it be okay. 
And as I was thinking that, I thought we at the bridge were a whole lot like Christ in that Jesus said that time, you know, that the birds of the air have nests and the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And I thought about us. We're, we're here in this building today that will be used for school purpose tomorrow, and we're just blessed to be able to be here. But as we traveled down that street, and I thought when I went in the Carter house and looked around, everybody's eating cookies and drinking hot cocoa. And, and then I thought, well, I'm just going to head down the street to get down there and try to get a, a little game plan ahead. And uh, so as I'm walking down through there and looking and watching the weather app and seeing this green blob come at us, and I'm thinking, here we go. Isn't this the way it's going to be? And I'm just sitting there wondering, will anybody come? Will anybody show up? Will anybody be there? Just a few minutes, people start trickling down the highway, the road there. Walked into that parking lot and eating soup and smiles on their faces and joy in their heart and begin to stand around and circle around. And Leslie sings her song and people are there and I watch then mumble the words like we all do during Christmas songs. Like she said last week, we know the first verse, but we usually don't know the second or third, so we just wing it. And I get up and read these verses because this is the last part of the Bethlehem journey that they talked about in Luke chapter 2. And so he's looking through these words and thinking about these things that then we went over and lit the Christmas tree and for the city and the mayor was there and spoke. And people weathered the storm. And there was a diverse group of people too. There was young and old and I'm sure rich and poor. I'd say there was people there that was healthy and some there sick. And they stood there in the pouring down rain. to hear about this man called Jesus. And I don't know about you, but everything that I endure and all the pain and anguish and struggle we go through in this life, it's worth it to hang in there. Amen. Jesus will be worth hanging in there. When it seems like I should give up, walk away, let it go, I don't know anymore. Hold on till the end. Jesus is worth the struggle. Luke chapter 2, verses 15. It says, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, talking about the shepherds, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem. We're not promised tomorrow. We can't go back and fix yesterday. But we do have the right now. The gift that you have sitting in this room is today and now. Let us now. They didn't say let us wait till a later date or let's go some other time or the sheep's going through this right now or this is going on. The busyness 
did not distract them from the purpose. And I'm pleading with you today to slow down during this season and see the wildly important and let go of the whirlwind of the rush of everything that's going on in this point in your life. Jesus is worth paying attention to. And they went to Bethlehem. Verse 16, it says, And they came with haste in a hurry. And they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told concerning them about this child. And all those who heard it marveled at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. So these very sh few short verses here, just five verses in Luke chapter 2, these shepherds, so sometimes when I'm thinking about starstruck, and we talked last week about a physical star in the sky that the wise men had saw. But how many knows there's stardom in different things? And I saw yesterday, that, or the day before, whenever it was, that Brittany posted a picture about Mylon getting uh, tickets to go see Morgan Wallen or whatever his name is. I do like Sandy My Boots song, but... Sounds pretty cool, but whenever we know somebody that's famous or know somebody that's in stardom, we get starstruck by individuals that seem important, right, that seem above the normal when in all actuality they're just human beings with flesh and blood and they put our, their britches on the same way we do. And if you ever get behind the scenes with some of those individuals that maybe seem like they're a star, sometimes you'll see their normalcy. When they let the guard down, when the lights are not on, when they're not on the stage, they're just normal people. And sometimes stardom takes them into place, places that they didn't see coming, that that's all they ever dreamed about was getting the big stage and getting the crowds of people to come and listen. I thank God for sometimes a wake-up call that he sends to those individuals. And people like, even like Morgan Wallen, he had to get humbled, didn't he, about a year ago. Because he opened up his mouth and said some things that he should not have said and the world took notice, and he began to become scared of what if I lose my stardom. And he come out and he apologized, and he spelled it out very clearly what he was sorry for doing. And I truly believe that in watching the videos that I saw those things, that he truly was sorry. But these shepherds, These shepherds in society was 
some of the lowest levels of importance in society when I'm sure everybody loved eating the meat that they produced. But isn't it just like God to use the least among us to make himself known? That he can prove that he can use the shepherd's voices to declare his son's birth. It's not only wise men from a faraway country, but also right there in an individual little town where that he was speaking to these shepherds. And he sent an angel, and this angel spoke to them and told them, go down here to Bethlehem. You're going to go to this place. You're going to see a baby laying in a manger. They declared these things, this angel did, to these shepherds. And these shepherds said, I need to go now. And they took off on this journey heading towards Bethlehem. And as they approached the city and they got there, and we know the, the rest of the story that says there was no room for him in the end and the things, that as he was out there in this manger, most likely a cave according to what most believe. They had a conversation with Mary and Joseph. And they looked in awe of this baby laying in a manger. And they knew that they were in the presence of greatness. So they were not starstruck by a sky or an individual star in the sky. They were starstruck by this little infant laying in a lowly manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. To most of the world would say, who is this? What importance is this? A baby laying in a manger. But when you heard from God and you experienced it in your heart and you knew you had to approach and go where God was telling you to go, when they met him, they knew him. When they met him, they saw him. And even though as a baby, I'm sure Jesus wasn't laying there in a manger, a newborn baby, and I'm sure he wasn't speaking words. But the cries of his heart and the cries that he was, as, as an infant does. They didn't have hugs or loves or any of the other name brand, whatever they are now. This was swaddling clothes. It's beautiful to pray. Last night we was there and getting ready and it was really close to line up time and you know was getting ready to head out and, and travel that journey and, and somebody come running over to Leslie and said hey can you run us in the golf cart and go down here to our truck down at Mike's because there's a baby over here with a stinky diaper <laughs> Leslie looked around okay yeah get in and they take off over there and go get some diapers to come back and change his stinky diaper I'm sure Jesus as a newborn infant, you've ever been around one? Has anybody ever been around those infants? What do they do? They eat, they sleep, they poop, then you clean them up, and then they eat, then they sleep, and then they poop. It's just like a constant, repetitive cycle of life, right? So these shepherds, but I'm sure they're accustomed to stinky places with their sheep, right? Anybody that's ever been around sheep? No, they're pretty stinky too. But they're there, and as they witness this 
child and they talk to the mother and they took, talk to the father and as they speak to them and I'm sure Mary was encouraging them saying yeah you know an angel appeared to you an angel appeared to me whenever I conceived this child they spoke to me about his importance they spoke to me about who he was and what he would do and what he would accomplish so they had a common ground of what they had experienced and I love it it says in, in verse 17 there, that they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. Every person in this room, every person watching online, or every person listening this week, I believe, can make widely known the sayings which we hear. I believe we're gifted with the ability to speak to people that other people can't speak to. I'm not going to get in the circles that you are in all week long. I don't have the same job you have. I don't have the same uh, uh, group of friends that you have. I don't have the same community that you have. There is a diversity in this room of the ability to make widely known this child named Jesus. These shepherds' goal was to do just that. They didn't want to just go back to the hillside and say nothing. They wanted to tell everybody they come in contact to the same way that the wise men did. We, as individuals this Christmas season, need to make widely known who Jesus is. He's the Savior of the world. Amen. He saves us from our sin. That's who He is. But the anticipation level of what we're going to experience as we speak those things causes us to have fear the same way I had fear Wednesday night about who all would show up. Fear about what if. Fear about, well, what if I speak to my family member about this and they think bad of me and they'll shun me and they'll no longer call me or welcome me to their home or what if and what if and what if. That's what the enemy tries to get us to do is to shut up. To stop talking about who Jesus is in our life. And I'm not talking about being a, 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 you know, we don't beat people over the head with the Bible. I don't believe in that. I believe we love them unconditionally right where they're at. But we have to speak clearly enough that they know who we're talking about. Jesus is worth talking about. And this season every year, he gives us a unique experience to be able to do just that. The whole world talks about Christ during Christmas. They know that it's happening. It's a special season. These shepherds were starstruck by a baby in a manger. But that baby didn't stay in a manger. He grew up he learned the carpentry trade. Somewhere about the age of 30, he took on the role of rabbi. And his mother Mary thrust him into ministry in Cana at a wedding feast. And fame began to come. There's accounts in Scripture that says that Jesus would speak to 3,000 and one time 5,000. That's a lot of people. People come from near and far to hear what he had to say. 
one time he looked down at his inner circle of three disciples and he asked them, you know, everybody else has left. 5,000 was here. Now they're gone. Nobody's left. And he looked down at his disciples and said, are you going to leave as well? Peter speaks up and says, to whom else shall we go? You have the words of life. I never knew life until I met Jesus. There's no greater thing on this planet than coming to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and entrusting him with everything that we have. The same disciple that said that thing, I'm reading this and we're closing right here, Leslie, if you'll play. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16 says, For we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes. When, we when he received honor and glory from the Father, the voice of the majestic glory of God said to him, This is my dearly loved Son who brings great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in this message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place. Until the day dawns and Christ the morning star shines in your hearts. Jesus is the morning star. Verse 20 says, Above all, you must realize that no prophecy or scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiatives. No, the prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. I believe this, that there's beauty in seeing and believing. There's beauty in hearing and knowing. And there's a beauty in feeling and sharing. So I want you to bow your head and close your eyes, if you will. Just as it says that Mary pondered in her heart these things. I'm just wondering in this place today, how many people in this place? Maybe your anticipation's level down this year. Maybe it's due to the fact that things have changed since last Christmas. But you're sitting here in this place today and God's word is penetrating your heart and you're knowing, I need to be more grateful for the opportunity to serve Jesus and to be his witnesses to my family, my friends, my coworkers, my neighbors, and my community. And I'm just wondering, can, as you have your eyes closed right now, can you just imagine in your mind and let your mind run free? And can you see a baby laying in a manger? And can you see a group of shepherds 
Can you see a young mother there that had just given birth to this baby boy? Can you see this proud dad? Can you imagine that? Can you see that? I hope and pray that the Holy Spirit will ignite within us an imagination to be able to just visualize these things. There's a beauty in seeing. There's a beauty in hearing. It's by no accident that you walked into this place today and you heard this message. Where that God is calling out to you to step out in faith and believe and trust and know that He is near you. That He is looking to bless you. That He wants to give you the words to say. There's a beauty in hearing. the most beautiful name that you know just bow your head close your eyes if you will won't you just lift your hands and I just want us to worship him to this song think about that name in this room. You have the power God of heaven, I pray that you would come. That you would be near to those in this place that maybe be, they're here today broken hearted, oh God. That they could feel and sense and know that you're near them, God. Holy Spirit, come in like a flood. Fill their hearts in this place. Let them sense and know that you are near, our God. Be exalted. Be exalted. Higher and higher. Be exalted. Be exalted. Will you exalt him in this place today? Is he worthy of your praise in this place today? Be exalted. Be exalted. Be exalted. Higher and higher. Be exalted. Father, we thank you. Lord, I pray for those that are watching online right now, God. Lord, as they're in their homes, that you would just invade that space, oh God. Lord, that they would sense your presence. And Lord, for those that don't know you, that as you're speaking to them in this very instant, oh God, that they would give their life to you. Lord, that they would turn their self over to you.
Lord, that they would experience you in a real way, a tangible way, in this very moment. And God, that you would awaken within their heart this knowledge of what Jesus did and who he was. Make their life new. Allow them to cast their cares upon you because you care for us. Just as your scripture says. Lord, I pray that you would lighten the burdens of the people in this place today that's experiencing you during this season. Let us feel a weight lifted off our shoulders that we would give up control that we would lay down pride and Lord let us be humble as your servants give us words to say God I pray that every person listening would be starstruck by you that they would be amazed by you God in Jesus name Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.